Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA and one does not. I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian, and I love YA. I'm Patty, Youth Services Manager, and I also love YA. And I'm Sarah, Youth Services Specialist, and I'm just living the dream, talking about YA. I don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> I was like, you're just like it sounds positive for the I ride. Guess, but I, yeah, <laughs> there's no conviction there. I don't know. I love it. Cool. Yay. Sweet. Okay. Well. I've been making progress on reading some of those subscription books that I have. Oh, okay, good. Did you finally finish that guitar? On, uh, the bottom shelf? No, I'm still, <laughs> I'm in a pause. Okay. Uh, because I wanted to listen to it in my audiobook. I'm still on the wait list, so. Oh. Yeah. But I just finished two of those Ooh. since we last recorded. The Luminaries by Susan Dennard. And this morning on my way to work, I finished The Poison Season by Mara Rutherford. Um, and without really realizing it, these books are kind of similar. They both have forests or woods in them that are kind of nightmarish. I have a question for you. Okay. When you read The Luminaries, how do you envision the tongue clicking that she does constantly? The teeth clicking. The teeth clicking, yes. Like, throughout the book. Like, is she just like... That's my guess, is she's just <laughs> snapping her teeth together. I don't know. How does that work? I know. Well, I actually, the whole time listening to it, I was like, that makes no sense. Okay, thank you. Because I and several of my friends have all, we were like, this is a good book. I wish she'd stop with the teeth clicking. Yeah, it needs a better descriptor, I think. But because I'm like, in my head, she's just chomping away. (laughs) But other than the teeth clicking, the Luminaries is a contemporary fantasy with hunters trying to protect others from the beasts or cryptids that lurk inside the, the forest. And the poison season has more of a historical vibe to it. Actually, it kind of reminded me of small favors in the setting only. <laughs> but it has watchers that are protecting the forest from outsiders seeking to destroy it and its magic. Okay, I could see how they're But I really liked both of them, vibe. actually. I was, like, pleased that I was, you know, making it through some of these subscription books and I'm actually liking them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is always pleasant because you're like, oh, I spent money on this. Oh, exactly. I actually like it. Yes. So it's paying off. Excellent. Yeah. I am also reading a subscription book right now. Okay. Because <laughs> that's what I have a pile of at home. It's uh, God Killer by Hannah Canner. And it's and got a beautiful cover. Patty won't tell you about it because she hates cover talk, but <laughs> but I really like it. This book is out in the UK. It comes out in the US in September. Um, and it's it's really good. It's about um, a woman who, when she was 11, her family worshipped this water god. And everybody in her village started worshipping this fire god. And her family was basically sacrificed to the fire god. And she got out. And she lost her whole family. And ever since then, she just hates all the gods. And she kills. She's a god killer. And she's very good at it. And she likes it. Until she runs into a god that she can't kill. A little god of white lies that is attached to a young child. And they end up having to. Of course, there's something dark and sinister in the kingdom. And they have to save the kingdom. Because there's like some sort of evil plot. Because there's always some, some sort of evil something in the kingdom that she, only she can stop. But 
I'm enjoying it so far. I'm I've read the prologue and I'm a little bit of chapter one and it's it's good so far. What about you, Sarah? I am about halfway through with a fantasy novel called Chaos and Flame, written by Tessa Grattan and Justina Ireland, which I, I picked it up because we just finished uh, Rust in the Root for this podcast by Justina Ireland, and I enjoy her writing. And this is about um, Darling and Talon, who are from different houses. Talon is from the House of the Dragon, and Darling is from the House of the Kraken, although we find out that maybe she's actually from a different house. And also Talon's older brother, who is the Prince Regent, and has his own kind of weird prophecy talent, or boon as they call it in the book, that involves Darling. All of his prophecies have involved Darling, but he's also trying to hide the fact that he's prophetic because... That's not necessarily a good boon to have in the world where they are. And then there's some, like, enemies to lovers romance between Talon and Darling. And anyway, court intrigue. And apparently I just found out it's going to be a series. So I just picked up book one unknowingly. (laughs) Even even more of your favorite. (sighs) Enemies to lovers and a series. I do do love Justina Ireland. And the um, book is, I'm listening to it, and the book is narrated by... um, Two narrators, because there's one Talon's point of view and Darling's point of view. And Darling is the narrator that did um, One True Loves. Oh, uh, okay. And I love that narrator. Mm-hmm. So I'm really enjoying her voice. I don't really enjoy the other guy's voice. Sorry, Talon. But <laughs> anyway. I want to read that one. I, I, I like Justina Ireland a lot. So it's on my list. Sounds good. My never-ending, always-growing list. So are we ready for... The book of the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got some things to say. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sarah, it was your choice. Take it away. All right. So this time I picked a book to go along with our um, theme for our summer reading challenge, which is almost upon us, or I guess upon us by the time this podcast uh, hits the air, so to speak. May 15th starts our summer reading challenge, and the theme is Camp Kindness. So I picked a book that was set at summer camp. And the title of this one is The Counselors, and it's by Jessica Goodman. And I will read you the jacket description. Camp Alpine Lake is the only place where Goldie Easton feels safe. She's always had a special connection to the place, even before she was old enough to attend. The camp is the lifeline of Roxwood, the small town where she lives. Alpine Lake provides jobs, money, and prestige to the region, but few Roxwood locals get to reap the rewards of living so close to the glam summer camp with its five-figure tuition and rich kids who have been sent there for eight weeks by their powerful parents. Goldie's one of them. Even with her towny background, Goldie has never felt more at home than she does at camp, and now she's back as a counselor, desperate for summer to start, and her best friends Ava and Imogen to arrive. Because Goldie has a terrible, dark secret she's been keeping, and she is more in need of their comfort than ever. But Goldie's not the only person at camp who has been lying. When a teen turns up dead in the lake late one night, she knows that the death couldn't have been an accident. She also knows that Ava was at the lake that same night. What did Ava see, and what does she know? Why hasn't she said anything to Goldie about the death? Worse, what did Ava do? But asking questions offers no answers, only broken bonds of lifelong friendship with hidden danger and betrayals deeper than Goldie ever imagined. 
Dun, dun, dun. Well, here's my first question. Would you would you describe this camp as kind? Is it a camp kindness <laughs> story? No. <laughs> I mean, no, because there's murder. However... <laughs> Bits and pieces, maybe? I like mean, the, they do the friendships. Some, they and do the, some fun, yeah. campy things yeah. that are very, you know. Campy? Mm, I was going to say they trigger my nostalgia for camp. I don't know if y'all ever went to a summer camp. I was going to ask. I'd never went to sleepaway summer camp. Well, I have, I have been. Have you been, Catherine? No, I haven't. So there are parts of this that kind of like trigger those. Like, oh, I remember that. So, yeah. However, my camp was nothing like this where parents arrive with thousand dollar gift packages for you and things like that so my only reference to summer sleepaway camp is like the original parent trap movie Mm. (laughs) so in my head that's what I'm picturing but like I kept going no wait it's fancy (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that if it was fancy or just the campers were fancy yeah no I think this camp this camp is fancier than the camp and in the parent in the parent trap books because the camp they don't even have like it gets yeah it's fancier than that I don't know though because they don't have air conditioning and the chef or the cook for the that's like a school lunch lady doing doing the cooking like I don't think the individual bunks are fancier but like the out the buildings and stuff sound and like the fields and the grounds and well, everything they, they seem to have a lot of things happening like you could go to the soccer or the baseball or and the they talk about the field or maybe or the, the macrame or whatever extracurriculars are are fancy upscale yeah but before we get too deep into the plot cover talk oh right oh right. <laughs> yes so what do y'all think of the cover of this book i mean i like it that blood splatter. It definitely sells the murder mystery. It does sell the murder mystery. It pops out. It does make it look like a lifeguard killed somebody, but not, that doesn't happen. Um, well, you don't know that. Spoiler. Well, I meant like dressed as a lifeguard. <laughs> no, no, one, no lifeguard kills anybody in their lifeguard suit. Um. Yeah. It, okay. So the cover has a, a picture of a red one piece bathing suit that is reminiscent of the lifeguard uniform that you may typically see, and a pair of sunglasses that appear to be broken, and there there may be a reflection in it, but I could not tell what the reflection is supposed to be. If you guys could, let me know. And then there's a, um, a whistle, a lifeguard whistle, and it says the counselors across the front of the suit, and the suit is, as we've said, blood spattered. But it definitely, it's, it's a striking cover. It sticks out in a lineup. I like it. It's cool. Well, what I found out, because I was looking at it and saying, you know, this, there is a murder, but it's not really a bloody murder. Mm-mm. But I found out that her, um, this author, Jessica Goodman's previous, like one of her previous popular titles is called They'll Never Catch Us. Has blood did really well, it. And it's a, it's about cross country runners and it's a blood spattered pink sneaker. Oh, so of, like a, all of her book covers have blood splattered. So yeah, okay. that's her thing apparently. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's her thing, but the publisher's <laughs> thing, trying to, you know. It's the cover designer's thing yeah. for her books. Not Got saying it. that she's into blood spatter. <laughs> the <laughs> first book has a plaid, like, prep school skirt on it that has some blood. Okay, so she has a theme. I see. I like. Okay. Hence the blood. And I'm guessing they're all about murder. Crime, at least. Crime. I would if, assume if, if there's blood spatters, there's murder involved. I may be talking about that later. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> good, good. You'll clear some things up for us. 
We got to get to the recommended reading section. Oh. Um, so this is yes, I would say this is a compelling, a compelling cover. It definitely drew me in because I tried to push Sarah towards choosing this book. We'll see if she liked that choice or not. <laughs> well, I well. liked it. I liked it. Like overall, I enjoyed reading it. I read it in like a day. It was it was very readable. I have questions <laughs> about the actual plot of the book. Yeah. I liked it for the readable nature of it though. Yeah. It's, like it's an easy story to read. It keeps your attention. Yeah. Yes, yeah. there's some issues going on with the plot, maybe. I liked the friendships and like the relationships but, right. between the girls. I thought that was really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I liked kind of the glimpse of of summer camp. Like she has a very, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is, the way she writes place, it feels almost like it's its own character. Her place is very distinct. And descriptive. And yes. Very and visual. I, yeah, I really liked that. I could yeah, see it. Yeah, it paints a picture for you. Even in even if in my head I was picturing the cabins from the Barrett Trap movie. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I see it, it was very distinct and descriptive. And I li- I liked that a lot. I like a place. Mm-hmm. I did um, think that this was a, you know, a fast paced read. I like she uses a device where she flips chapters between then and now. So you're seeing what's happening currently. And then you see parts of Goldie's life um, growing up as a camp attendant rather than a counselor. So those are the, you know, back and forth. And that kind of keeps the story interesting, I think, and engaging using that device. But, yeah. Uh, and I was trying to figure out who it was, so it had me engaged in the mystery. I think I did figure it out kind of before the ending. Yeah, I, but, did, I, um, I did too. But that's okay. And But I do have some I have some problems with <laughs> Goldie <laughs> and, the, uh, I and have, her decisions. I have... I have problems with, I think I, I think in my, my review of this book, I, I wrote, everybody makes really dumb decisions in this book. Um, I did, I do like the then and now flip back and forth. I did feel like it took an awfully long time to get to the point about like, because part of this book is that Something happened in, in on New Year's Eve in the past that has made Goldie a pariah among town. Right. And yeah. I didn't feel like that particular plot point needed to be a mystery because I was like, okay, yeah, she did this thing. Like it ties into everything, yes, but but like the fact it takes so long to get to it. And I'm like, oh my God, what'd she do? Kill somebody? No, she didn't even kill anybody. I kind of liked how it slowly unraveled though because it kept me like reading it. Yeah, because I, I was like, I, I need to know what this backstory is. Why? Why is she uh, like this? Why did this happen? It's interesting because that was not. I kept reading it to get. I liked the now parts more than I liked the then parts. I was much more interested in the. Now. I kind of liked seeing the glimpse of like the the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like that. I wanted more investigation. I think what I, I wanted a murder mystery, and I'm like, it's not. It's not that. It's not really a something when I when I think thriller, I think like your life is in danger and someone's trying to kill you, and that's not what's going on. Yeah, that was a little absent. Yeah, there from wasn't this one. Yeah, I 
I would I would be frustrated because she would come across something that was like a clue and then kind of be like and then I went swimming in the lake yes, and like yes like what I'm, are you what <laughs> I don't are understand. you trying to get to the bottom of this or not and then like yes she solved the mystery by everything just sort of falling in her lap and someone confessing and then trying to kill her and I'm like oh oh okay that I mean, she did do some investigation. She did some investigating, but, but it never actually never put the pieces. She just picked up clues and was like, mm, I don't know how this goes together. And she finally made one connection. But my my biggest frustration is, and Catherine and I have talked about this a little bit, and we have differing opinions on it. She has these two best friends who have been her best friends forever. And she has dated a boy from she, they start dating in Hall- at Halloween, and they date until that New Year's Eve incident. She even says in there it's like six weeks, and which is a lifetime for a teenager. And she never mentions to her two best friends that she had a boyfriend. And I understand maybe you can make an argument for after everything kind of unfolds at the camp why she doesn't say anything because she. Now there's this scandal and blah, 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 and she's embarrassed and it's been so long. And But I don't understand why she never said anything about this kid. Now they sort of hint at it like maybe she's embarrassed of him. I don't even but, think it's that, though. I think she had that pact with Ava, basically, where they were not going to have relationships. It was the friends and that was it. Because they talk about that in there because they're giving... Imogen. Yeah. I thought that they're was giving just Imogen a hard time about. I, yeah, I thought that was just dating. their final summer I where they decided, like, summer. our final summer, we're not going to date because we want to be together. No, I think it was the whole time because oh. that's why she didn't tell well, Ava was, because Ava wanted her to be at that party. That she was going to tell him early on. But it, when she called Ava or when Ava called her, I forget which one, but Ava was upset because of something with her dad or something. And so she didn't say it, say anything then. Like right after she started seeing him, right, and then I remember what she saw the scene you're talking about. She was gonna say, "Hey, I'm dating this I'm guy." I'm dating Heller, but then Ava was crying over her dad or something, so she Ava just spends felt like a lot it of time crying over her dad. So it wasn't I, I a good <laughs> good opportunity. But then, it ne- and then she decides for some reason that I don't understand <laughs> that she's just never gonna never mention. And I understand what you're saying, Catherine, about well, they promised they wouldn't, you know, be in a relationship that pulled them away but she's already like obviously away from them she's living far away she she lives in Vermont and they live in New York City she's clearly spending a lot of time with this guy I don't know why she couldn't just say like yeah I'm hanging out with this guy but don't worry it's casual like I don't really care you know but to never say one word about him I just felt like she that's a plot Ava device to not, be not realistic friend, and she was afraid Ava was gonna be like ditch her basically I I don't, I don't know. I I could see the keeping it a secret, and then after, definitely keeping oh, it. Oh, I secret. understand why she. Didn't I understood tell the afterwards. after, even though I still all the yeah, choices still don't like it. But I, before, I really don't like it. You know what else I had a, a a slight problem with was that everybody kept grown ups, not just everybody. Grown up, uh, all the grown ups in this book are awful. Everyone, but <laughs> the fact that multiple grown ups. Tell Goldie, oh, Heller loved you so much, and Heller, Heller was so in love with you. And I'm like, really, really, <laughs> what, what he does 
it's not so much what he does to her. He asks her to do something and she do, she does it because she's a dumb teenage girl. And like I, and in I, a panic in moment. a panic in a panicked moment he asks her to do something and and she does it. And I'm not faulting either one of them for that. But she basically is like, "Okay, I am trading my future for yours because I love you." And then he just stops talk like not only does he stop talking to her he lets his entire teammates and all of his friends and everything bully her and he never says like there's literally no reason he can't continue to date her there's no reason he can't say hey maybe back off for a little bit like i kept thinking oh my god like she doesn't even here's the thing i'm not gonna say what she does but nobody dies like it's not like she kills someone right and like I just, I was like. Yeah, I was kind of confused about why they broke up. I, they never go into it. He just apparently just stopped talking to her or something. Because he can't associate himself with I'm what assuming happened. I'm assuming he feels. I guess, but like, it's not like they, it was a secret that they, but I mean, it was I a secret from her friends, but it wasn't a secret from his friends in the town that they were together. So I know. I guess he's. I also to just think sell this story. He has to like disassociate himself also, from like, her. But he was in the car with her. Everybody yeah, knows that. And, and even the story that they the story that they tell it makes her look like maybe irresponsible, but it doesn't make her look evil. No, it's not like she purposefully did this thing. I have a question about this too. But hold on, I also think he has a tremendous amount of guilt. Yes, I agree and I with think that. he can't deal with it. Can't face her, he and can't then face can't her. face her is that, part of yes, yes. That I will believe. Yes. yes, is part of it. Okay, I am glad. I mean, this. I don't know if this is too spoilery or not, but there's a little Cal redemption. Oh yeah, this, I actually yeah. really liked Cal, and I was I like, too. I kind of hope they end up like friends again, friends again, and like because I could see that. I, I liked him a lot. I wanted more of Kim, actually. I was like, oh, he actually seems interested in investigating what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Could, could we maybe go back to the clerk's office and, like, go back and, like... It is terrible, though, that he knew what really happened in this situation that happened and never once had Goldie's back. Apparently, lots of yeah. people and did. And is that because he's mad that she was snobby with her rich friends at the camp? Like, I don't, I don't know. I think explained. I feel like at the time he was better friends with Heller than he was with Goldie. So maybe he had his bros back, but never explained. Other than that, her yeah, mom. never explained. Yeah, I also. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started. I don't on understand that. how her parents were not like fighting. Yeah. Her. Like I said, all the adults in this book did not suck. get it. That part was awful. I awful. Was aw- and that she didn't ever say to her, I know you didn't like even have that conversation, which explains maybe why Goldie doesn't tell people important things because she learned it from her mom. We're not going to share important information. I know with that each little other. snippet at the end. I was like, seriously? Did her mother not talk to her husband? Like, did she not talk to her father? Like, did do the not- father not put it together for the same reasons? I I'm mean, like, the father right? also had to know. Also, like, or maybe he didn't go look at the car. So he wouldn't have known that it was. But she then the, his wife doesn't tell him that either. That's like, what I'm what like. What is wrong with these people? <laughs> Serious problem. Just sit on information. Like serious information. information. I, like and don't even get me started about the whole like this whole <laughs> book boils. What the ultimate crime behind everything you is? Not spoil it. By I'm not going to. That away. But I laughed so hard. <laughs> 
I still think it was better than because he couldn't read. (laughs) I killed him. Okay, yes. If you don't know what that's in reference to, (laughs) that's from our episode about Six Six of of Crows. Crows. (laughs) Go back and give it a listen. Sarah will never get over that. Never. I will never. I enjoyed that book so much, but that part, no. He can't read. (laughs) Um. But yeah, I just, I laughed pretty hard when, when I was like, what teenager cares about this? None. Um, and the Goodread reviews back me up. They do. I was looking at those today. There are very mixed reviews about this book. And like, for the most part, all of the reviews that are, aren't particularly great all mention big crime at the end with like a question mark and what yeah there was one i was reading that was like lame (laughs) i mean well it it is little i think maybe i'm just and i don't know if if the author is known for writing these mysteries and she decides i want to write one at a summer camp she's gotta she knows that there's a murder and then she has to figure out why (laughs) why why did they kill this guy you can't pick the most obvious person oh yeah like they they so then try to you kind of have to write you know write around yourself in loops and come up with something and so yeah at the end might your motive seem a little far-fetched <laughs> it might but i don't know maybe for the target demographic here that is a, a realistic thing to happen and that in it these are taking place at prep schools and like yeah. elite <laughs> social circles this and didn't bother me that <laughs> motive didn't bother me as much as it seemed to bother y'all but mostly because i was like oh, it didn't bother me okay no, it was just me i read a lot of these books okay I, i'm cool with it i was like oh that's why they kept them oh okay yeah that one i was like okay because yeah i with the murder mystery you kind of accept like this is going to be some weird at least I do. It's not going to be straightforward. If it were straightforward, they wouldn't write a book about it. <laughs> it would be like somebody got mad at him and just <laughs> killed yeah. him dead. <laughs> I know. That's true. It's very true. P.S. I listened to this on audio. I also did. And God bless narrators. So I don't want to, I don't narrate books. Oh, so I can't I know where you're jump going with down this. this. But the girl who tries to do Meg's British accent. It's real bad. Is all <laughs> over the place. Sometimes so she's many proper different, London. So sometimes many different she's accents. Cockney. Sometimes she's Australian. I was like, it was the Australian. she's New Zealand. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yikes. Because I told Sarah, I missed where Meg was actually from. And so the whole time I was thinking <laughs> like, she was Australian. Because that was the closest accent or the most often used, I feel like, especially with certain words that I was like. I can't do it myself, but whenever she said girls, which she said a lot because it's a girls camp or what, you know, she's a counselor for girls. It was Australian. Well, and maybe that's what it is. That's why I feel like it was the accent most used. I can't even do it. I can't do it. So, like, look, I thought she was Australian. I can't do it. But you know, this reader's got to be like, oh my God, why is this person a different, oh, why are they? Okay. Yeah, and I know that's not, I, yeah, it can't be easy. God love them. And I am not pretending that I could do a British accent for an entire book and keep it prop, you know, the way it's supposed to be, but it was sometimes like distracting. Maybe. Let's just put it that way. But the rest of it, beautifully narrated, like no problems with anything other than that accent. 
And like I said, it's like, uh, ultimately, yeah, the plot's kind of dumb. And like, people make stupid choices. But people uh, make stupid choices all, all the time the in murder mysteries. Dumb. And that, well. I, I enjoy the camp scenes. I like the camp scenes. I did, did like the camp scenes. What about the the friendship between the three? I actually found that the most interesting and probably. I liked it. It, it was, was a little lopsided, but. It was. Well, I think it felt a little lopsided because we're only getting Goldie's point of view. That's true. That's very true. I I do kind of feel like I, I kept calling her Imogene. I think it's Imogen. 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 But in the book, they call her by her nickname, though, right? Emma? Maybe. Anyway, I felt that that character was the least developed. Like she, I agree. Like there she, wasn't as much of her as I would have. Like I don't I, really can't tell you anything about her other than she wants to be an actress and she, and she fooled around with a boy all summer. Yes, that's about all I can yeah. tell you. Um, Ava was more. We had more layers to Ava. Yeah, and I liked all of them. And like I, like I said. I, I think it felt a little lopsided. The friendship between them felt a little lopsided because we are just getting Goldie's point of view. And I I did feel like that was probably one of the more realistic parts of the book, you know, when she's she is friends with these girls and she loves these girls, but they are rich and they live in New York City where she isn't. So she doesn't see them for like most of the year. So she does feel a little left out. And and I anybody would. Like you feel a little a little unsure of yourself and a little left out. Yeah. um, The author said that she um, wanted to write about three best friends because she feels that dynamic is something that she was familiar with growing up and that it's complicated. And somebody always kind of feels like they're left out. My mom used to say three equals two against one. Yeah. Like so that it was hard to have a friendship that involved three people where there wasn't always going to be some situation where two of them were, like one really is feeling left out more than two or ganging up on the other one or leaving somebody yeah. out. What I press, w- oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say I that works with siblings as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having two sisters, I can tell you that. I was going to say, I think it's interesting um, to look at that dynamic with girls that have already have have been friends and kept that three-person friendship through middle school because Mm -hmm. I feel like the middle school years are when that is the most pronounced and the hardest I think it helps in this one that they don't actually live in the same place. I yeah. was going to say, yeah. I think that like, the fantasy setting of, them of go their, to school together. Right. And the fact that they're at camp where they can be away from mm-hmm. who they might have to be at home or who how they're looked at at home or the family drama or, you know, the money drama or whatever. There, they're all kind of equal, equal yeah. and together and they don't come with their baggage and they can share what they want to about themselves and leave out the fact that they dated a boy for three months or whatever it is so well yeah. and they do point out like everything kind of goes to crap because they didn't tell each other things right and like <laughs> yeah <laughs> even though they promised no secrets everybody I, had a secret. I marked it down I was like oh page 268 when people finally decide to talk to each other yeah <laughs> Well, but that was part of them realizing, part of the point of that was they are realizing we can't actually tell each other everything. Yes. You don't need to tell each other everything. We've grown up at this camp, but, you know, how long does this last? We're growing into who we're going to be as adults and... 
do you think that um, if things had turned out differently, Heller and Goldie may have reconciled? I do. I do, actually. Once he got over himself and told people what happened. Yeah, there are things you find out through the course of the book that, yes, I think they would reconcile. I think he was getting ready to tell people what actually happened, too. Like I I think think he he couldn't deal with it. I think he could not deal with that guilt. Yeah, it seemed like they were. Um, he was on his way to a redemptive arc toward the end. But the the author was asked that question. She said she doesn't think they would have reconciled in a romantic way. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Well, I mean, I guess the author knows best. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm curious. These are her people. But yeah. I mean, that's true. I do. Maybe wonder. I just want them to. I don't know. I think Goldie. What I actually realistically, what I think would happen is I think that Heller would come clean, tell everybody what happened. After he deals with the fallout of that, he'd be trying to get Goldie back the whole time. And I think she likes him enough that she would take him back for a little bit until she like got a little older or started I was really thinking say, about it. And then she would have been like, no. Until she grew up a little bit and yeah. reflected back on that. And then she'd be like, what am I doing? You yeah. ruined my life. You were willing to... I'm still paying for these. I think that maybe, to me, if it were me, I maybe could have forgiven the the hasty decision we made and a haze of whatever that seemed like a good idea at the time, but clearly was not. But I don't think I could have forgiven, like you were saying, Patty, like how the whole town is actively bullying her. And he just lets them. And he just lets it happen. I can see, you can't do anything about the whole town, but you can... You can get your teammates to back off her. Yeah. Just be like, hey, just leave her alone. You know what? I was in the car too. Be nice. You know, you don't have to like treat her that badly. Like you can't do everything about everybody, but you could have definitely, definitely done something about your friends. And we're not even talking about all of the bad decisions the grownups made. His father, like... Had an, an NDA that night. I was like, how do, how do you, first of all, how do you even get a non-disclosure agreement like within two hours of the event happening? When you have a good lawyer on retainer, that's how. But it didn't sound like he's that rich. Like it doesn't sound like he has that much money. Anyway, and just every grown up in this book sucks. Except maybe, maybe the cafeteria cook. She seems kind of nice. So would you recommend this book to somebody or not? I would. One vote, yes. Yeah, I would. I would recommend it too. Yes. I like. Oh my god! When I was a teenager, I would have eaten this book up. Yeah, I agree. I would still recommend it, even you know, given everything we've said, trying to poke holes in it. I still think, and especially this is the kind of book I I like to read. Books at summer camp mm-hmm. when I was that age. Something there's something about the summer how it's like, you know no obligations and there's time constrictions so like whatever you do you know it has a end date and it's over and anyway i love mysteries like oh my gosh i i I read so many nancy drew books i did not get into mystery books at all until i was an adult and then i stumbled across like the ya mystery thriller genre and i really like it and actually jessica goodman is one of the authors that i found that i really do like so if you liked this one other Jessica Goodman's? Yeah, yeah so. I would recommend other Jessica Goodman titles. She has two other books that were published before The Counselors. They wish they were us, which is centered around a prep school sort of secret society. And then there's They'll Never Catch Us, which Sarah was talking about, which is about two sisters competing 
for the top spot on their school's cross-country team, and one of their teammates goes missing. And then there is a new book coming out later this summer in July called The Legacies, and it looks like it's going to be another prep school one taking place in New York City with another murder and maybe like a elite club that people are, are vying for. But um, if you liked the ahead. cover of The Counselor's, you will like all the covers of the other books, which we kind of mentioned. They all like heavily tie into the actual story in the book, and they all feature that blood splatter. And I hear that um, they wish they were us is going to be adapted for television. Yes. I think I've talked about that book at least once before on this podcast because I did really enjoy it. Sarah, do you have any you would recommend if you liked this? I read another one set at camp, and this is, of course, you know, I like weird. I so will say this I was like I'm waiting for it. There was nothing weird and supernatural in this book. No, like there I wasn't. I kept waiting for there to be some sort of creepy cult in the woods. Mm, no, there wasn't. No, but if you want a creepy cult in the woods, I've got one for Always. you. Always. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Camp So-and-So by Mary McCoy. Oh, okay. I'm so excited about this because I was looking for other camp books, and this was the one that kept popping up on all the lists and looked so good. You would enjoy it, Patty, because there's a whole... Uh, like, let's just say there's a character that's a stage manager, and I know that's something that <laughs> has personal appeal to you. But this is about a group of 25 girls. They get a letter that asks them to, um, invites them to come to camp. They show up. There's five girls in a cabin, so there's five cabins. Each cabin, it's each chapter is from a different cabin's perspective, and each cabin faces a bizarre scenario. So... One cabin is trying to win the all-camp sport and follies, and one cabin is um, comes back and finds their counselor murdered in the tent, and there's like a, you know, crazy, that, that uh, trope of a crazy serial killer at the camp killing everybody, they're dealing with that. And one <laughs> is challenged to go on a quest and like, you know, save the world kind of thing, so they immediately take off on a quest, you know, to find what's the treasure in the cave or whatever. So they're all doing different things and you as the reader are like what is happening and how is this all going to come together but it gradually does and of course there's like a supernatural element to it but um it it's also written with humor so i think oh yeah this sounds right up my alley this like everything you said i'm like yes 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 i really like stories that start out very disparate and come together I like that. Well, then you'd um, like this. Okay. Because that was the one that I kept looking at, and I was like, that one looks pretty good. So I know what I'm going to read next. Do you have a read-alike for this one, The Counselors? So I looked and looked, and I really, I don't. Um, this is not, not my thing. I so I could you. recommend some, like, murder mysteries, but... None that are teen oriented. I like. I think I like my my detectives and my my murdering and investigating to be grown ups for some reason. So if you like all things camp, you should join us for one of our camp themed events this summer. And one of which I'm particularly excited about is our camp half blood event. Catherine, you want to talk about that one? Sure, real quick, but. Camp Half-Blood and Beyond is going to be a program for all you Percy Jackson fans, but also you fans of any book from the Rick Riordan Presents series. 
It's going to be happening on June 6th, which is a Tuesday at our Lawrenceville branch from 2 to 4. Yay. And I just want to encourage everybody who's listening to just go ahead, go to our website, GwinnettPL.org, and sign up for summer reading. You can win all sorts of cool prizes. They're all camp-themed, and our grand prize this year is a six-person tent. Just for reading. You also get free books. Well, also speaking of camp, for our next episode, we're going to be reading a series of comics with another tie-in to our summer reading challenge and camp theme. Yay! The Lumberjanes. Yay! Lumberjanes is a comic book series created by Shannon Waters, Grace Ellis, Gus Allen, and Indy Stevenson, and is published via the Boombox imprint of Boom Studios. The setting for the series is what really ties to our camp theme so perfectly. It is, and I know I'm going to uh, mess this up as I say it, but here we go for my try. Miss Kinzella Thisquin Pinnaquil Thistle Crumpets Camp for Hardcore Lady Types. <laughs> I was pretty good. I'm impressed. You did I good. have no idea if that's how it's really pronounced, but <laughs> these campers go on magical quests and encounter supernatural animals and beings. So uh, that also makes it a perfect read for me and Sarah and hopefully Patty. Oh, I love them. I okay, love Lumberjanes. And if you do want to sign up for our summer reading challenge this year, we're going to include a link in our episode description. We have special badges for people who listen to Spill Lit. With maybe a great giveaway attached to them. So you'll have to check that out. This has been another episode of Spill Lit by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Catherine. I'm Patty. And I'm Sarah. And we want you to join us next time as we spill the tea on the Lumberjanes comic series. And remember to like, review, and subscribe. And until next time, keep reading. <laughs>